welcome to Circle Back Podcast. My name is Hannah. And I'm Corey. Guys, we're so excited for you to join us today. It's going to be a great show, as always. Um, we have a really special guest with us, um, all the way from <laughs> down the street. <laughs> for real. Literally. Um, we have Destin VTech um, joining us today. Hey, Destin. Ooh. What's up? Uh, thank you so much for coming today. Um, so, Destin and Corey and I have known each other for, I don't know, like five to six years, something like that. Something like that, Probably for sure. That. Mm-hmm. Um, we met at church, just that's where we meet a lot of people. Um, and then now Destin has a beautiful wife and a great little girl. She's so pretty. Um, and yeah, he's become a full on, just this manly man. He has like an eight inch beard that you guys can't see, but it's for sure. Huge. Um, Anywho, <laughs> that's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funnier if you had like a video. I mean, if you have video, you can look at it and you could see the beard yeah. and it's glory. But like, I understand where you, what it's, you're going um, for. for sure. It's a little less than Duck Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. more than Corey Gibson. That's fair. Wait a minute. I'm still growing right now. Okay. That's happening. I mean. Keep, keep a dermal. What products do you use? Nothing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Shampoo, my guy. Shampoo. Don't be that guy. Hey, it works out great. It's a three in one. Oh, three. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You got the hair, the body. I don't know. No, it's third? Hair. It's not a body wash. It's shampoo, conditioner, <laughs> it sounds and something like the else. Trinity. Uh, yeah, it sounds like that the song. The Trinity of the shampoo. God. He is Yahweh. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. That's a throwback. Uh, okay. So anyway, <laughs> Dustin is currently working in ministry. Um, For sure. He is a children's pastor. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is... Awesome. We love that. Um, he does that with Megan, his oh, wife, yeah. uh, which shout out to Megan. She's awesome. Um, so, yeah. So, Destin, tell us a little bit about what got you into where you're at right now, just ministry. Like, what got you into where you are? So, um, about seven years ago, I started attending church for the first time when I was a teenager, hmm. and I got radically saved. Mm-hmm. Um it was a very fast process, but I really never looked back from it. Essentially, I started going to a service, and um, I loved everything about it and came back again on a Sunday, and then whenever I came on the Sunday, um, I just, I don't know. I just, I loved being at church. I loved being with people, and um, the Lord just really changed my heart before I knew Jesus. I was an atheist. Um, well, yeah. I would consider it more like agnostic. Like I, I always thought that there was something out there, but I didn't exactly know mm-hmm. what to believe. Sure. Um, cause my home environment was not always the greatest, like mm-hmm. shout out to my mom. She's the best. Um, but there were times where when we were growing up and I was going to church, um, you'd have a lot of fake church people mm-hmm. where they were just like one way at church, another way at home. Right. And so I thought that was nothing I wanted to be a part of, which is so funny because even today it's still the same thing. Um, but I'm a part of it instead. So, but I got radically uh, transformed and I just fell in love with, with everything church and, and helping people really. And so I started serving um, anywhere they'd let me. And then eventually um, a good mentor of mine, David Harris, just let me serve in kids ministry one time. He's like, just do it. You'll love it. It'll be great. And I did. And it clicked. And mm, I was wow. like, this is what I love. Yeah. Very thankful for this. And I want to keep doing this. Cool. So sure enough, I did. Yeah. And here we are like four years later. There we are. So, so let me ask you this. What do you mean by 
radically saved? Like, what is um, your definition of that? I mean, I think some people, you know, th- they'll go to church for three, four, five, six, seven months, and they'll just, like, attend. I you were going to keep going. Three, four, yeah, five, I six, seven, eight, Yeah, I thought about going all the way to 12. <laughs> I thought that would have been funny. But um, they, they go, and they're just going. But it was, it was different for me because I went and immediately thought, like, this is something – I want to keep coming to you, but I want to understand like more mm-hmm. about the behind the scenes mm. of it. Um, like not just what worship is, not just what a message is, but like I want to understand really who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the difference in that is like I understood that part so quickly. So I immediately wanted to dive in with finding out who Jesus was mm-hmm. in relationship sure. with him. So I asked a, a dude in our church. I was like, hey, I want to get saved. How do I do that? And he was like, bro. Come with me right now. We'll pray. You're getting saved right now. And sure enough, um, you know, we prayed together and the the rest is kind of history. I think it's, it's not like the reason I'd say it's radical is because of how my belief systems were before versus like two weeks later, I was completely believing something totally different. Right. So that's, yeah, it was pretty radical. And so now that you're in children's ministry um, and leading these children, do you think that it really clicked for you because you did not have that as a kid. For sure, like yeah. A healthy envi- like a healthy yeah. view yeah. of that. Um, I think so. I think it's really amazing how God's used me to do that because I have no experience with it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So, like, I never considered going into it. Um, when I started going to church, I started attending a youth group, so I thought, like, maybe there was a call to ministry there, like I was going to be a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like I said, that first time I started serving, it just clicked. Yeah. It's something about when a kid just like has that light bulb moment like I had mm. where it clicks for them and they understand like, okay, this is legit and mm-hmm. this is a real thing and Jesus is a real person I can believe yeah. in. And I mean, it's, it's encouraging to have that found, like, I mean, you were old, much older than that. And you know, kids, men, like, you know I mean? You're, yeah. you're older when that light bulb clicked for you Yeah, and your life could have been totally different if it had been uh, a destined in your life when you're little. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that's encouraging. I think it's interesting, though, because, and this is, <laughs> I hope you don't get mad at me. No, you're good. Um, but this is just me being completely honest. Like, I never really agreed with um, a pastor or a children's minister um, not having kids themselves. Like, I was like, I don't understand <laughs> how, sure. like, I just didn't under, I was like, I don't understand how that even. Yeah. Or, or like. Or a youth pastor that's you like, and a lot of people. Yeah, or a youth pastor that's like nineteen years old. Yeah, like, it's like what the heck? Like you know, what I'm like saying? you're yeah. barely, uh, you're barely and, an adult yeah. yourself. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, um, I think for me, I had the same reservations in the beginning whenever I, you know, started out as a kids pastor. Um, but I really think the difference was <clears throat> that I knew I was called to it. Mm, I knew right. I was anointed to do it, and that's what made the difference good. in it. Um, mm-hmm. And then whenever I had a kid. Obviously, it's completely changed the scope yeah. of that, too. Like, I, I used to be very one-track-minded. Like, I was thinking about the room that I was teaching in, mm-hmm. and that was, like, the room that was the top priority. And then once I had, you know, Ileana, everything shifted to where, oh, crap, now i got to actually start thinking about, like, everything. Yeah. I have yeah. to think from birth Holistic. all the way through of, like, yeah. what do I want her to get out of this now? Yeah. Um, so, like, I see where you're coming from for sure. I think a lot of times, like, that – that happens where someone comes in and they don't necessarily have the real world experience behind it. But I think, um, like I said, like the Lord really anoints them to do it. Um, if he does, yeah. I mean, sometimes people get in wrong positions 
We're on speed on the bus. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it happens. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it like it's right, and you yeah. can tell it's right. So. And it's all it's all about growth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You grow as a leader. You grow as this in this mm-hmm. position in this role as a pastor. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, I definitely commend you on that. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. I mean, and that just goes to show you, like for work, like I don't really think that way anymore. But it was right. like kind of how I was mm-hmm. brought up to be for you sure. Know? And um, but at the same time, it's like man. Like, how many times in the Bible was <coughs> leaders, like, not, should not been in that position? Like, they were not qualified right, at not all qualified, to be doing what they were doing. Yeah. And, like, for me, like, I have a son. And for me, with the children, if him, if he's in children's church, like, I want him to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, like, I want that, whoever's leading to love him. Yeah. To care for him. And to, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, and I think that sometimes it's harder to do that when... Like, I know for me, I can never be over children's ministry. <laughs> That's um, fair. It's a special anointing. It's a spe- it really yeah, is. and it's yeah. like, and people just assume all the time. They're like, oh, you have a kid? You want to you wanna volunteer? You wanna like, start no, I do not. in the children's hallway? <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely not. <laughs> I dislike children, though. <laughs> I like one child. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, like, so I, it's it's totally kind of my, my view on that has changed. I think it's just, in general, didn't, I, and honestly, it doesn't matter if, you had eight kids. If you're yeah. bad at teaching kids and not, then I mean, it doesn't matter if that you have kids. Like, yeah, you're, you know just I mean? you're just bad. You're just bad. And so I think that it's just, I think we hold on to the comfort of, oh, he has a kid, so he must know what he's doing. But that's not always yeah, the case. Yeah, it, it really yeah. isn't. And I've seen that, you know, time and time again. There's some people I see that take such good care of their children mm-hmm. and they want nothing to do with children's ministry. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people that put ministry so far first that they neglect their family. Mm. Yeah. And it is shocking. And it's very sad because you would think, especially like in that role of being a, a kid's pastor, you think that they're going to take care of their kids the best, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's the complete opposite. Sometimes mm-hmm. they value them the least. Ooh. Um, and it's, I mean, it's sad, but yeah. at times that's ministry though. Yeah. A lot of the leaders in ministry in church world, you know, they forsake the family. Well, I mean, it, like flesh wise, man, like if you care about something a lot, you're going to put your all into it. Right. Mm-hmm. And we care about this thing that, the, that we're doing, whether it's a business, a nonprofit, like we put all of our eggs in the basket of hoping it succeeds. Um, and so we're just so like tunnel vision minded of mm. going for that goal that everything around it. Sometimes we just forget about how important that stuff is too. Yeah. Well, I so. think too, it like nonprofit church, whatever it is, when you put your all into it, everyone around you sees that yeah. success. Mm-hmm. No one really sees the success in your family when you're home alone. Yeah, right? for sure. And so you don't really get the validation uh. you <laughs> would get. Um, if you're doing it for the public eye. Yeah. And so it's become more attractive um, even though you love mm. your family, maybe, but this over here becomes more attractive because I'm getting so much affirmations You're from this. You're getting recognition for getting it. Getting recognized. Yeah. I'm getting the awards. I'm getting, you know, I'm getting the promotion, whatever. But then you go home and it's like, as long as we look good at Walmart, we're good. Like, yeah, you know man. what I'm saying? And it's like, that's just this disastrous um, thing that happens in your, you know, if you have children. There's my, my hope, like, so I worked in ministry and. I did, I put a lot of time, a lot of effort into mm-hmm. what I was doing, but I told Matthew a lot. And I think even Corey is like, I do not want my son to see me serving other people more than I serve my family or just yeah. serve him. Um, and that was a big thing for me. And it was a, 
there was hard conversations where luckily I looked, I did work for really good people and they were always like family first. Like yeah. they were big about if your family's not healthy, we can't be healthy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there was conversations I would have to have to say, Hey, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not staying till 9 PM. I'm going to go put my son mm. to bed. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to go put my, you know, and again, luckily I did work for really good people. So it wasn't a huge deal, but, yeah. but I, I could have very easily stayed if I didn't say anything. And For I would have sure. missed out on a lot of stuff. So, uh, Corey, what was you? Yeah, I, like I grew up in a household where uh, my parents were pastors. Mm. Mm. And, uh, but they they devoted themselves to having family devotions. So, every mm. Friday night, we would have some type of family discipleship, small like group, that. whatever. And even though they were doing ministry in the public eye, they never forsake, you know, the time that we had as a family. So, we yeah. did prayer, we worship. I learned how to pray standing up. I learned how to sleep with the lights on because my dad would start praying for everybody and the government and literally naming them by names and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I was like, wait a minute, we're three hours into this <laughs> and I'm 10 years old. Like, yeah. Hold on now. Yeah. And so, but like that cultivated in me, you know, this responsibility of owning my own faith mm. as a child. Wow. And I think that's so important as uh, I grew up that, you know, I have that own faith and I know that for mm-hmm. myself, but seeing my parents not forsake, you know, our family yeah. just for ministry. And yeah. that's, you know, oftentimes that's not the case. You know, you've, you've heard of the thing where PKs or the preacher kids, mm-hmm. you know, are the, most the worst yeah. kids, right? Yeah. And yeah. stuff like that. And, and such a bummer. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy. Well, see. I think being like first generation ministry too, like none of my family that I know of mm-hmm. at least that had any like ties to ministry at all. Yeah. So I'd never seen that firsthand yeah. of that happening to people. Um, but I think it puts more, feels like it anyways, it puts more of a burden on my shoulders Mm -hmm. to, um, get it right, get it right the Mm -hmm. first time, the first go around, you know, cause at the end of the day, like regardless of what organization I'm working for, um, there's no amount of effort I will put into it that replaces my family. Um, and you know, when I leave that place or I move on to the next thing, like it's still going to be running. It's still going to be yeah. going. Yeah. But is my daughter, you know, still going to love me? Is exactly. she still going to love Jesus? Yeah. Your spouse so I, I always, and, yeah. yeah. Like I think, I always think about that on the forefront of like, there's no amount of effort I'm going to put in that to be honest, like some, you're going to make some people happy. You're mm-hmm. going to make some people mad just regardless. Sometimes they just look at you and get mad. I don't know if yeah. you have those kind of people, <laughs> but I do. <laughs> but um, at the end of it, like I'm not trying to impress anybody. Like I'm trying to do the best that I can with the, the amount of time that I've been given to do it. Mm. And then I'm going to put the rest of my time into my priorities, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and it's good it that is. you're learning that in your young age, but also being young in ministry also. Yeah. And getting it right. Yeah, the first time. It wasn't always like that. I mean, the the first go around, like, um, I won't mention names for the sake of names, but I've worked at um, two churches in the past three years. And the first church I worked at, the first go around when I was hired, um, I felt this, like, constant need to really, like, prove myself because they, you know, in my mind, they took a risk of putting someone who did not have kids over Mm -hmm. the kids' ministry Mm -hmm putting someone who had very minimal experience of kids ministry over kids ministry. So I, I made it my, like my all to put yeah. everything I could into it the first go around. And then, um, in November of 2020, that's when my wife Megan and I got married and everything kind of shifted from there. Like she was like, Hey, you're like, 
you're not really being home that much. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to get this figured out. I yeah. got to get this situated. Because then it's an even crazier dynamic when you add a kid into it. Mm-hmm. You're like, I got to get this sorted out, man. I can't just be spending 100 hours a week somewhere else away from my family. Um, and so the second the second church I worked at, very much so from the get-go, prioritized that family time of saying like, hey, when it hits, you know, five o'clock and you're supposed to go home, go home, mm-hmm. answer everything the next day. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, it was a foreign concept because I understand the 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 need um, that people feel like they need you as a pastor. But mm-hmm. I also understand, like, there's some situations that are warranted for that, very serious, and there's some right. that can wait till tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like anything. Like, I think about going to the grocery store. If I saw my freaking barber in the grocery store, I'm not going to be like, hey, can I get a 1030 appointment yeah. for Thursday? I'm going to probably say, hey, how you doing? Yeah. And I'm going to leave them alone because they're a person and they're not a living their life. No, not a <laughs> Sometimes it's not like that, man. Yeah. But I think the yeah. the sooner we kind of get that through that, like, pastors can't do everything for you. Mm. And, like, only Jesus can do that. So mm-hmm. start praying and, you know, reading your word and doing all the things you should be doing in the first place. And you won't have to depend on a person. The sooner and better off we're going to be. Um, I just think, like, I talked with you guys before about how we wanted to talk about, like, discipleship as a focus, and because of the lack of discipleship that I believe there is, like, not even just overall in the American church, but just overall in church, I think people have been so used to, like, going to the pastor instead of going to Jesus first Mm -hmm. and asking Jesus, like, what is more important or what do I need to do in this situation? A lot of, like, faithless people in a faith-filled place really yeah Ooh. so um, it's unfortunate like yeah. but it's like where do you where do you go from there like how do you make that how do you unwind years of that to make it better mm-hmm. to like get back to a good place i don't know That's i where think you have to completely um look inner like inside of who you are yeah um because i think that it starts from the the top uh, like the top mm-hmm. down you know and um to just realize that, you know, hey, I'm going to kind of, because, I mean, sheep will will follow the shepherd. For right? sure. Um, and the shepherd knows how to get the sheep to where they need to go uh-huh. and out of harm's way and all this stuff. And I think if your heart is in the right spot, um, there's going to be, you know, quote unquote, sheep to run off. But, however, it's it's your job and it's your responsibility to continue shepherding the ones mm. that are there, right? Yeah, 100%. And, um, and not only, like, I don't know, I say that, but, like, you know, they're what is uh, not uh, go after the one or something. <laughs> oh, you're talking about, re- talking about yeah. reckless love yeah, right I mean, now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave the 99. I mean, it, it's true. I mean, it like, is, there, there's very much truth <clears throat> to that. Uh, but I'm also talking about human beings, yeah. too, in, in ministry to be able to say, when you redirect and you train people up from the beginning yeah, to realize, hey, we're human. Hey, we just, you know, we're going to do the best we can. Um, I think that that goes a long way than just saying like, well, congrats. Man, you, but also looking at that scripture too, like nowhere in that message, I believe, is it saying <clears throat> that we as a person are supposed to go leave the, the 99 for that one? Mm-hmm. Like that's what God does for us. Mm-hmm. He leaves the 99 to go find that one person. Now, granted, we're going to love that person to the best of our abilities, but they have to want it. Yeah. Like they have to want it just as bad as <laughs> we, we want it, you know? 
Um, it's a process. It is. That that one that the shepherd went and, and found, it wasn't an easy, oh, I just found him in the bushes. No. Yeah, yeah. You know, literally, if you break down that scripture, he had to break the legs of the sheep. Yeah. So that he can put him on his back. Mm-hmm. So that he can carry him mm. back to the fold. Yeah. Man. And so there's a process that has to take place. And discipleship is a process. It is. It's a, and it's a forever going thing. There's something I, <clears throat> I was going through um, in, when we were living in Oklahoma, and it was called a journey group. And I can't think of who the author is, but the book is really cool. The whole thing is, is really, really good. But it's made me think about discipleship a little bit differently. Um, essentially, this guy had a vision of him being in this like war zone with a castle on the other side. And he was picked up and put on this horse and walked over this bridge. The bridge was um, talking about salvation. Like this was the bridge from death to life. Here you go into the castle, which was life. And um, this guy uses all these different examples of people at different points in their faith. There were people right inside the castle walls who had given their life to Jesus, who were eating candy and they were still malnourished. And they they represented people who were like consumer Christians. Hmm. They don't go any further past that, but then past that, you go into this room and there's the, there's all these people sitting around a table and they're getting spoon fed by somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like, you have a mentor that's walking alongside of you and help like helping to spoon feed you. Like what's important, what's not yeah. important, what you should be learning about. Then the last stage of it, there was a, there's like two or three rooms. There's a bedroom, a gym and uh, the, the eating hall. And it represented, you know, sleep for when trials are over and everything's like going well, working out for when you're in the middle of a trial and things are difficult and you got to work through it. And then eating, like being a self-feeder, feeding Mm. yourself with God's word. Um, And so it's made me think about discipleship differently because it really is just that simple. Like if you, you know, can withstand the trial and you can enjoy the rest, you can withstand the trial, like go through the rest, and then you can self-feed yourself, you're going to be in a good spot. Yeah. But I don't think... I think like we've we've overcomplicated so much in the church, and one of the things that we overcomplicated is how simple it is to disciple somebody. Yeah. Like it's literally just as simple as walking with them. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have someone try to spew all this Christian knowledge to me from day one. They walked with me gradually, mm-hmm. and when I had questions, they answered them. Yeah, I think like to this day, that's still what's the most important thing. Yeah. Just having people that are in your life, good community. Shout out to Leah Harden, good community <laughs> of people around you that are going to help. Yeah. make you better and help disciple you. Absolutely. So what do you, th- in, in your, you had said that you went from being like totally, you know, ag- we said agnostic yeah. and then to being a Christian. Um, when you speak about discipleship and community and things like that, where, what's the biggest difference that you've come to realize outside Christianity, inside Christianity, as far as discipleship goes? Because like, honestly, mm. <clears throat> like, we it's call it question. discipleship, but like you're just saying, like it's really just walking with someone. Just doing life together. Um, yeah, right. So like, yeah, I think in non-Christian circles, it's easier because the pressure's off. Yeah. Um, honestly, like it, it just is. Like the pressure is off to just be yourself, and like we're so focused in a worldly viewpoint of bettering ourselves, which like is so important to better ourselves. Sure, but in the spiritual side of things, when it's like spiritual discipleship, there's the extra focus of, you know, your spirituality and how close are you to Jesus. And it is an added pressure, I think, because there's already so much that's added on wanting to better yourself, like getting Mm -hmm. into the gym, eating the right food, all the other stuff. Um, But there's an added pressure there. 
So when I was agnostic and I was hanging out with this group of friends, like they were, they weren't concerned about my spiritual health. They were just concerned about like, Hey man, are you growing better every day? You reading a book? Like, what are you doing? Like, are you doing something to get better every single day? Mm -hmm. And it was like, wow, I never thought about it like that. Um, but I still keep that same mindset, but now as a pastor, there's the added spiritual side of like, I want to make sure you're spiritual, like spiritually healthy as well. Um, but I can't do everything for you in the same way that I can't make you like work out. I can't make you eat right. I can't make you spiritually healthy either. You have to want that for yourself. If that's something that you want. Yeah. And if you don't want it, you don't want it. If you want it, you want it and you're going to go after it if you do want it. So, and do you find that it was different for you, um, to, uh, I guess, admit a wrongdoing when you were outside the church and inside the church? No, I mean, yes and no. I, Yeah, okay. I think from the outside perspective of, like, not knowing Jesus, the agnostic belief, it was very easy to fess up to something because there was not this, again, the added pressure of it. Mm-hmm. But then when you're in the church world, <clears throat> it almost feels like you're not just disappointing a person, but like sometimes we, we feel like we're disappointing God as mm-hmm. well by revealing that, which is not true. Like you're not disappointing him. You're, you're doing what you're supposed to coming to somebody and, and telling them in faith. But I think a lot of pastors, they, they do a bad job of making you feel um, like you're not a piece of crap <laughs> for coming. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. like you're not a piece of crap for coming to them. Was the response better though? Like, I mean like, like from people. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like versus like leadership and churches and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, it also just depended on the caliber of leader I had to like some of the people in the outside world, like were pretty good leaders. Um, mm-hmm. some of them also weren't, so they didn't give the greatest advice. It's the same thing on the other end of it. Yeah. Some people are very spiritually fit and good pastors and some people just aren't so sometimes they don't give quality advice Mm -hmm. so it's unfortunate but both those problems are still there but i would say the pressure was more off for sure as someone who is agnostic to just say like hey i did something wrong can you help me out yeah yeah Yeah. so that's a good point yeah Um, i think that's definitely inside information like you know that like we don't realize you know about pressure and how we how we put that on ourselves and on people. And, um, but also I just feel like, and I've said this before, so I know I'm just saying it again, but like, I feel like there's so much condemnation instead of like just being like free to say, Hey, I've messed up. Yeah. And there's a lot of guilt and there's a lot of shame in when there the doesn't need to be when that's the total opposite of who Jesus yeah. is. Yeah. What it's right? supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it just, it goes back to who are you trying to like impress what we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Like some people focus so much harder on trying to impress their leader or their pastor than they are trying to just like be with Jesus and, and love him. Um, so sometimes they put that pressure on themselves, but mm-hmm. also I think years and years and years of toxic religion also put mm-hmm. that on us too. Oh, yeah. Like where churches are very fire and brimstone oriented um, like the church I grew up in was a non-denominational church when I was a kid and they were straight fire and brimstone about everything. Like you're going to hell if you do anything. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this is not like, <laughs> this is not how this is supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Like you're supposed to help guide people through it and yeah, okay, you made a mistake, but we're going to move past it. You're, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. If you handle it like that, if you handle it with truth, grace, and love, like you're going to be okay. I think a lot of us are missing really the grace side of things. <laughs> Because it's a weird thing in the church world, I've noticed, like, you're either really, really one far on the side of grace where you give it so freely, 
um, to where no one feels like any wrong things that they do are actually wrong, or you go so far to the right side where there is no grace whatsoever, where you feel grace and shame to even admit something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, finding a good spot in the middle is very important because mm-hmm. yeah. grace isn't just a catch-all, like cover, like cover it all with like no consequences. Like there are still consequences to your action um, if you did something wrong, mm-hmm. but there's still grace that you're going to be okay after the fact. Yeah. And shame and consequence isn't the same thing. Yeah. Um, That's good. Like you That's will, we will hundred per- like you, you're, if, you did, if you did wrong, you're going to have a consequence. Yeah, you, you did know? something wrong, you know. Um, and maybe that consequence is, like, something that no one will ever know about, but it's within you. Yeah. You know, the consequence of letting that person down, the consequence of whatever it may be. And yeah. you have to work through that. Yeah. However, shame has no room in that either. Right. Um, it shouldn't, at least. Um, but so, it should so be, many times it does. Yeah. yeah. And consequence that leads to shame leads to destruction even more. Yeah. Consequence that leads to forgiveness leads to then being better. Right? Yeah. Um, That's and the I, goal anyway. Right. And I think, you know, I think that forgiveness has a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. How good are we forgiving, at pe- you know, people? Mm. Um, and, you know, and I think people just forget what forgiveness is. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't think forgiveness... I mean, there's a lot, gosh, I mean, depending on how severe something happened or whatever, forgiveness may just look like, you know, okay, I'm never going to talk to you again, but I do forgive the action that yeah. you did. Yeah. No, um, it, but there's that old saying, like, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget kind of yeah. deal, right? Sometimes people take the I'll never forget side of it into so much stock, and it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. um, yeah. that way, like, if you're forgiven, you're forgiven, right. um, move on from it. Mm-hmm. But so, so many times when you're in a bad situation or like you did something bad, but then years later you're good now, right? Like you're, you're totally fine. You've moved on from that. Um, all of a sudden you do something else wrong. They hold the previous thing over your yeah. head mm-hmm. when they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, and it's such an unfortunate thing because like, that's not what Jesus would do to us at all. Yeah. He doesn't do that. Once we're forgiven, we're forgiven. Well, I think at we that point it, it becomes a grudge. Yeah, and yeah. It, it does, and it unintentionally, like, people are still people. People are going to hurt people. Right. People are going to help people, regardless of the outcome. Um, but at the end of the day, like, the more we hold those grudges, the more people aren't going to look really just as you as a person in leadership. Like, you're a grudge holder. They're, it changes their whole viewpoint on how I think they see God, too. Right. They think God is that way, even though he's the complete opposite of that. Well, it's we're the image we're the image bearers of God. I almost yeah. wore right? that hat today. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, sometimes the only Jesus that people are going to see is you. Yeah, yeah. And, so true. That's you know, good. And so how are you going to portray Are you modeling that? the way? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and another thing to just say about that is perfection – or you trying to look like perfection is not modeling who Jesus is. I also don't think it's as appealing as we think it is. One hundred freaking percent. Like yes. as someone who's um, been around the block now for a minute, you know, been around the block, been around the block now for a minute. J Lo. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, he acts like he's like fifty years old. Yeah, <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think I don't know. I would rather attend a church that is real mm-hmm. um, and follow a leader who is real rather than a church that always thinks that they're right. Yeah. Um, and Craig Rochelle says that a lot. That was the 
another church that I was at for a while uh, is Life Church. And he says that all the time that people would rather follow a leader who's real than a leader who's always right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it is so true. Yeah. Um, like I would rather follow someone who has faults just like I do and does yeah. the wrong things just like I do. Um, then follow someone who pretends like their life is always 100% perfect all yeah. the time. And talk is cheap. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. you can say all day from a pulpit, hey, we're real here, hey, we love you, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But if your actions do not follow that, yeah, it's not going to hold any weight. Well, for decades, we <laughs> believed in the church where the pastor was not supposed to let the That's people wild. see him bleed. That's wild. And and that, that was the thing. If you was a leader, don't show weakness. Yeah. Don't show you being vulnerable. Don't show, you know, this other side of who you are. And people believe that and pastors believe that. And they believe that that's how you, you grow a ministry and you grow churches, not let them see the what's really going on right. in your soul. Right. Mm. And now uh, we see the, the complete opposite. Yeah. Where it's like, they're showing almost too much, too much. sometimes. And it's like, it's where's the balance yeah. between those two? And so it's like... Yeah, I mean, I think it, it all just goes back to each generation. Like, each generation prioritizes something more than the other. Mm-hmm. And so the generation that comes up after that values the other thing even more. Yeah. Like, I, I noticed, you know, as a first-generation church person, I can't speak on, like, behalf of the 90s and 2000s of how that was. But to me, it seemed like it Wait, was Wait, are very, you saying I'm old? No, I'm saying I'm saying you're a seasoned veteran, all right, Reggie. You're like LeBron James. You're still in your prime, even at age forty. Um, Watch it. <laughs> but um, no, I think um, yeah, I think you know each generation's gonna prioritize something different. I think that generation prioritized perfection over presence. I mm-hmm. mean, is a good way to say it. Yeah, like there was still the good. presence of the Lord in places, and you know, believe that the Holy Spirit did really incredible things, but. Um, so many leaders fell prone to really bad things, mm-hmm. you know, like um, idolatry, adultery, whatever. Uh, you see all all these people after the fact now who are, after they pass away, it's coming out that they did all these bad yeah. things while they're still alive. And it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, it shouldn't shouldn't be like that. Um, if they were just open and honest with themselves, like, people would understand that. Exactly. And it doesn't mean, when you're open and honest, doesn't mean you have to show the deepest, darkest parts of yourself <laughs> yeah. On, yeah. In, on a pulpit, but yeah. you do need accountability and you need exactly. a community yourself. Yeah, yeah you do. Um, you can't do it by yourself. Yeah, because if you do, you won't. Yeah. And that's where I think your full um, transparency comes in. Yeah. In that, you know, those three people, those 12, you know, like yeah. Jesus had his 12 disciples, had his three besties, you know. <laughs> his three besties. Um, <laughs> but, like, I think that's important. And, yeah. Um, you know, I think that was the only, that's the only way to make it. Yeah. yeah. The first go around, um, I didn't have a lot of very close friends either. Um, so it really just made you feel like, and, and kids ministry too, any kids pastors that listen to this, they'll know, like, sometimes you feel like you're just on an island back mm-hmm. there by yourself. Mm-hmm. You're completely separated from the rest of the church. Um, you don't get to sit in service a lot. Yeah. Like granted, you know, I'm a self feeder. I'm not really worried about that, but there is something about that every now and oh, again yeah. where you can be with your family in there and enjoying mm-hmm. it. Um, but it's a sacrifice just like yeah. anything else. But it's, I don't know. It's it's a weird, it's a really weird thing. Like, I'm trying to trying to gather my words together. I don't know. I'll, it'll come back to me. It'll come back to what me. What were you yeah. going to say, Corey? I think the people need to see 
their leader be a person. Yeah. For so long, we put people on pedestals. And then when they have some type of failure or whatever situation going on in their life, it's like, man, they like completely fall from grace. We don't want nothing to do with this mm-hmm. person. We don't. And it's like, wait, you, you have placed this person on a pedestal because you thought they were super perfect and that they were holier than thou and they couldn't yeah. do any wrong. And it's like, you know, at some point we have to allow that pastor just to be a person. Yeah. yeah. That person's going to make mistakes. I'm sorry, that pastor's going to make mistakes. That leader is going to fail. Um, that leader is going to have some struggles and mm. stuff like that. Are we willing to give them the same grace yeah. and forgiveness that they're giving us when mm-hmm. we do the same thing? Yeah. And that's in business. Yeah. That's in politics. Mm-hmm. Man, it's all yeah. over. And I think that's when we, we have to decide as a leader or as a pastor, whatever, you know, in life in general, whether you have nothing to do with the church or not, yeah, like how true to yourself are you going to be? Because there's going to be mm-hmm. seasons where it's going to be very lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because people have left you. People have, you know, whatever it is. That's where I was getting at. And <laughs> there was. And like, you know, you can just sit there and say, you know, like I've, I've done everything I know I can do. Yeah. I have, you know, everything that I feel like I needed to do. I failed. Yes. But like, quote unquote, did you fail or did you just make a mistake like a human being? Yeah. You know, and, well, you know, that's just the thing about it is like you just have got to realize you as a person, who you want to be and who you're going to stay true to. Um, and then let the pieces fall where they may kind of thing, you know. And yeah. Unfortunately, people will leave. People will well, you and know, unintentionally, too, as a leader, sometimes you'll hurt people when you didn't mean to because oh, yeah. um, people just perceive things differently. And, like, those are some of the biggest things I look back on is, like, how could I have taken care of this person yeah. better to where they wouldn't have left? But oftentimes, like, you can't control that. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, if they're going to find a reason to leave, they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was trying to get back to earlier is, like, the first go around, I didn't have a lot of really close friends. And I think that that hurt me because I had no one oh, to yeah. go to. Mm-hmm. Um, like I didn't understand the importance of therapy. You mm-hmm. know, I was just like trauma dumping on my wife all the time. I was like, I just don't get it. Yeah. I just don't get what's like so wrong. And like why, why all this stuff is happening. 100% therapy's good. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm a big advocate for that. Give me all the therapy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the first go around, I didn't have a close circle of people. And now this go around, like I do have a close knit of like two to three people yeah. that I really know, no matter the situation, I can trust in them and mm-hmm. trust, like, like lean to them for good wisdom um, and to hold me accountable, yeah. too. I mean, that's a big thing is, like, if you're surrounding yourself with a group of people that aren't going to hold you accountable, that's not a good group mm. of people. And I think you need that, around. whether you're in ministry or not. Like, I need yeah, that in my Everybody marriage. Needs for sure, yeah. I, I, need, I need it in my marriage. I need it in my friendships. I need it in my being Business a good work. daughter, yeah. like, you know, a sister, whatever. Well, like, I have an accountability partner for working out. Yeah. Someone who's going to call me right. higher and say, like, bro, you had not been to the gym in, like, four days. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, I'm just sitting on the couch playing 2K. That's I'm meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. I'm just eating my flaming Hot Cheetos. Fat and sassy. Yeah. Fat and sassy over here. Yeah. But, like, in all... In all parts of life like that's still important regardless yeah. of if you're faith-based or not faith-based yeah. i know there's going to be people that listen to this who come from both sides of that mm-hmm. spectrum but you know to our credit we've already talked about some of the things that people in non-faith-based cultures do well yeah like there's so much that we can pull from them oh, and so much yeah. that we can understand um but i think we just <laughs> do we just let our pride get in the way sometimes mm-hmm. we're, we're thinking like well, we're following jesus so like we know 
we know what's right. Well, granted, like, okay, sure, like you're you're reading your Bible, you know what's right, you know what to do. Um, but dude, people are still people and yeah. we have good ideas. We have good things that we can pull from. Just like the church pulls like big things for like marketing, right. the same thing we can pull things for care, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. for therapy from people who are non faith based faith based counselors to people who are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still things that, you know, we can pull on from each other and, you know, apply it differently. Yeah. Like, you can apply it faith-based if you want, or Absolutely. you don't have to. Yeah, so. yeah. I think that's that's really wise, and I think that's really good um, to realize the balance of, you know, I can I can go through both yeah. ends. <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't mean I'm going to put my faith in the world. Yeah. Like, but um, but there's some really smart people out there. Well, like I go to a non I go to a non-faith-based counselor. Yeah. So it's a lot of science all the time, right. and it's like, huh. I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. But like, there's nothing wrong with that. If it's helping make me not just a better husband, you know, a yeah. better father, a better leader, but a better person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to 10 times out of 10 recommend that if, yeah. it, if it's working. Well, we get in our Christian bubble and we think this. Yeah. We think if like the, Christian. yeah. Ewe, everything yeah. else. Like, ew. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Well, and you it's know? like, man, like, you know, there's people that are like, <laughs> I've never listened to a secular song in my life. Yeah, man. And I'm like, it's all worship. Or the people it's that all like worship all the time. Kids. Refuse to watch scary movies or yeah. whatever. I get it. I yeah. get it. Yeah. It, it. It really goes back to your own conviction and your own level of conviction. Exactly. Like, yeah. you shouldn't just be telling someone that they shouldn't listen to their favorite artist just because you don't want to listen to their favorite artist yeah. because yeah. you find something bad from it. Um, now there is accountability in. There is. What you listen to and what you watch. There is. But, yeah, like yeah. if I'm sitting there watching porn, someone should probably yeah. say, hey, Hannah. Um, probably shouldn't be doing that. Calm it yeah. down. Like, but if you're, if you're listening to some, I'll be honest with you, if you're listening to some Post Malone, yeah. I'm not going to get on you that bad about it, all <laughs> yeah, right? Because I'd be listening to some Post Malone. Yeah. But, um, again, I like me yeah. some Beyonce, too. I can't lie. But yeah. it's, it's that weird thing where um, not even sometimes people in Christian leadership, but just like, Christians in general will try to come at you and yeah. be like, you shouldn't be doing that. Right, right, right. And it's that immediate, I know you guys had that conversation with Mary, that immediate call to judgment of mm-hmm. doing that. Like, bro, get the big fat log out of your eye first yeah. before you try to tell me what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So. And I, I mean, like, for me, so, like, I have this thing, and I've had it for, like, years, but I haven't watched, like, a rated R movie in, like, I don't know, years. I think unintentionally I've done that as However, well. however, <laughs> I'll be watching... Netflix MA, mature audience, <laughs> That's which crazy. is the same thing. <laughs> the same way. thing, man. <laughs> right, and so like you know, and it's so funny because like um, Matthew would, would come in and be like, "What are you watching?" I'm like, oh, "I'm watching uh, the Kardashians or something," you know. And he's like, "Well, you want to watch this movie?" I'm like, "Nah, that it says it's weird. I'm not doing that." Like, yeah. You know? And it's like, um, but however, <laughs> like I'm still like I still don't really watch radar movies. Yeah. And there's a part of it, like, if it's too much for me, I'll turn it off or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. However, I don't care if you watch a radar movie. It's your yeah, problem. Yeah, I don't give a rip. Like, yeah. chip. <laughs> like, That's I your mean, problem. Like, I just don't because a lot of times it had, like, for me, it was just too much of unnecessary, like, whether it be sexual or cussing, whatever. And, like, like it was just too much for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I would have been that. It honestly has nothing to do with God. There's your personal level of conviction. I know plenty of people who are not saved that have the same level of conviction of like, man, I just like, 
I just don't like listening to that because they cuss 87 mm-hmm. times in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I just or don't like that. I just don't find it funny. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like um, a lot of comedians. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't find that funny. But it has nothing to do with God. Like, if I had not been, if I was not saved, I yeah. still probably would have been a virgin until I got married. Had nothing to do with, with God. It was just my personal, mm-hmm. I want to do this mm. for me. Like, you know. But, like, it, I think people get just so caught up of, like, Oh, like you're doing this, this, or this. It's like, well, well, again, the added pressure of adding it on, like yeah. something that, to be honest, you probably wouldn't have thought much about in another circle. Mm-hmm. You're now thinking of it even more because that pressure is put on, especially from such a very young age of making sure, like in our realm of abstinence and everything else. And yeah. I understand it, like, mm-hmm. big advocate for that. Um, but, you know, it's still giving people the grace for if they do mess up, yeah. if that's the expectation exactly. of saying like, Hey, you're, you're good. I yeah. still love you. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. Um, so we need to, yeah. we need to do a better job of finding that balance as a whole yeah. of just good accountability and good discipleship. Yeah. Yeah. Less about like trying to be, I mean, mentors are important. I'm not trying to say they're not, but like less of that balance of us just immediately taking someone under our wing and acting sure. like we're their spiritual daddy or something. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. odd. Like, just be their friend. Just mm. be there for them. I do not like spiritual daddy. I don't like that. <laughs> well, you that's don't? why I said it because it makes you feel a little uncomfy, yeah, right? It makes me feel daddy. uncomfy Ugh. too. No. Yeah, I don't like that. But like, I mean, I get the I get the premise for that. Right, like, of course. Yeah. In, in churches, you know, like you have your older people, you know, like your spiritual mothers and your fathers, the whole thing. Like they're the old people in the church that like yeah. really take care of you and help you out. I get it. But if you're if you're like 24 like me. And I, I just got saved and you're like, or, and you're the same age as me. I'm not looking at you to give me like a bunch of advice. I'm looking at you to be my be friend, friend. Yeah. exactly, yeah. and to be there for me. Yeah. And, and if I, mean, I do mess up to call me out mm-hmm. and help me grow from it. Right. And I mean, this isn't just only church related either, because yeah. like in life we need those people. Mm-hmm. And I know when Matthew and I started dating, like Matthew was not a Christian at all. Right. And so, you know, we, we had this dynamic of like, I very much, I, I, I am. And I was, yeah. you know, um, and I will say like, they're very vulnerably, like I was so against sex before marriage, but there was time where like, I was like, I think I'm ready. Like, you know, I love oh, this, like I love this guy or whatever, but like he was the one to stop that, you know, and Go that Matthew. had nothing to do about Jesus for him. He, uh, all he said was, I know what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, respect, not, and I'm gonna, I yeah, respect I'm gonna your respect boundaries that. and your values. Exactly. Oh. And so, you know, and that's the thing of like, but I look at like, it's not just Christians that can be that for you. Like there's in life in general, people need people and need yeah. these people that will hold you accountable and to, to just be a friend to you. And, mm. and I think ultimately Matthew was being my friend in that moment to yeah. say like, Nope. You know what? I hey, care. I care about you too much. I'm like, not gonna let you compromise who you are. For exa- me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because I love you enough. Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, because I know, like afterwards, I probably would have cried my eyes out because it was something for me that I mm-hmm. wanted. And so, <laughs> I'm sitting here talking with a bunch of dudes about my sex life. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like, but but I'm just saying, like. Going from Christian to non-Christian, yeah. like it can be. It translates. It does. It, and it correlates yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, that's good. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's so important to realize that most of the time we're on the same team. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, regardless of it, like we want what's best. 
for you. Yeah. Most people in your circle, like, and I mean, there's people out there that want you to fail terribly. Yeah. Um, but I'm you talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about people in your circle. Keep praying. You know, yeah. Keep, <laughs> keep living. <laughs> um, but yeah, so ultimately, you know, so Destin, what, what's next? You just going to continue where you're at? Yeah. I mean, we are called somewhere else. Man, and, we, we love it where we're at. And, um, my thing is like, I don't know, a lot of dudes in my shoes, they're already thinking about like what they're doing 10, yeah. 20 years from now of like, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to go be a executive pastor and then I'm going to sure. be a senior pastor somewhere. I'm just taking it day by day. Living um, the present. Yeah. I mean, I used to be the type of person who would focus so much on the past that it mm. ruined my future. Mm. Now Ooh, I focus good. so much on the future that like, I'm not looking back at my past. Yeah. So it's like, I just know that if I keep doing what's right and I keep doing what's true to me and true to the values that I believe in, Man. I'm on the, I'm on the right end of the stick. That's good. Will yeah. you write a blog for us? On that? Yeah, that's I sure good. will. I yes. sure will. Um, and that is this living in the moment that you have right now. Mm-hmm. What's that? Like, Carpe diem. Yeah. Seize right. the day, bro. Seize the day. Yep. That's all. Oh. Podcast name, like this episode, sees the day. That's what it's going to be. I like it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, well, good. I, I'm really excited to see where you land, and, and we love your family. And, Thank you. Um, I appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us and um, bringing good conversation. That's ultimately what we want. So, yeah. um, you know, make sure, Destin, make sure. You follow us. <laughs> Make sure you follow hey, us. I listened to the first episode, but I, I'd be lying. If, I, I don't Come know on. if I'm following back. Come on. <laughs> I'll follow back. I got Destin you. Destin is not invited to the podcast again. No. Um, but yeah, you know, guys, make sure you just, we are happy that you got to join the conversation with us and with Destin and, you know, make sure you follow us, subscribe and, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, we're on there and we would love for you. Do you have a TikTok? No. You boomers. I know. I don't have a TikTok at all. I've never even been on TikTok, to be honest. Get one, man. No way. I can't. Hey, you're going to reach a lot of people that way. No, I know. You're missing out. I don't want to hear You're missing out on your prime audience. Mute them. Mute them. Mute them. (laughs) All right. Um, (laughs) but like, yeah, if you guys want to be on the show, just like, let us know. We'd love to have a conversation with you. So, Destin, thank you for joining us. We love you. Absolutely. So, love you guys. Peace.